Hello everyone and welcome back to the Full Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Jillian McMichael. We are continuing our conversation into love, but today we speak of love in a most unconventional way, love in arranged marriage. Many cultures have arranged marriages as part of their DNA and have done so for centuries. But it's something we are seeing less and less of as societies progress and are more influenced by the West. Could you fall in love in an arranged marriage? My next guest, Mimi Moments, a 29-year-old content creator based in New York City, is no stranger to this and had been pressured since the age of 15 to find a suitor. She pushed against this for many years as her parents expected her to marry and instead she did it her own way. Still an arranged marriage, but in her own time and on her terms. I look forward to talking with Mimi and discussing how she fell in love in an arranged marriage. But before we get to the episode, I want to remind you about the retreats I'm hosting in Mallorca, Spain, this coming May. If you're looking to reconnect, rediscover and reaffirm who you are, or if you're a coach who wants to advance their coaching practice, I hope you'll consider joining me for one of my personal development retreats. Stay tuned at the end of this episode for more information about each one. In the meantime, let's get to the show. So welcome, Mimi, to the conversation and to the Full Circle podcast, Finding Your Way Home. Delighted to be talking to you today. So how are you feeling, first of all? I'm feeling great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. How are oh, you? Too. Yeah, I'm good. Very excited too. And I thought what might be quite helpful is just as a bit of an introduction to who you are, is if you could tell our listeners just a little bit more about yourself. Where did you grow up? And, and also, how did you become a content creator? Oh, of course. Well, I am a native New Yorker. I am 29 years old. I live with my current my now husband I said current husband wow um (laughs) I started my I guess life path as an educator certified to teach seventh through 12th um English language arts and while I was going through the journey of becoming a teacher I was also really into social media and I wanted to understand the business and science behind it and so on my lunch breaks or on my way to work I would listen to podcasts I would read blogs and I just wanted to try my hand at it. So I would test out different strategies. And I just found something that stuck really well, which was just showing up every single morning and saying good morning to my singing obnoxiously in the streets of New York City. Good morning (laughs) to my audience. And it really, it's something that became a part of everyone's day. And I also saw a space in the market, I guess, where someone who looks like me and, and has my background isn't really Um, out there. And I know I didn't see someone who grew up with like Muslim, very traditional, conservative, and also black uh, background. So I decided to kind of be that person. I love beauty. I love fashion. I love all things lifestyle. So I just started creating videos. um, But I mainly just have like really serious discussions and conversations around things that I know are very specific to my community that we often don't have space to talk about um, in social media. So I just 
started and never stopped. It's really, really fun. I have a nice little community and I love it. It's really intimate. We get really, I get on the phone with them and like, it's just like, it's been great. It's just been helpful for them as well as helpful for me. And I have to be honest, I have been on your Instagram and it's absolutely fabulous. So uh, Thank we'll, we'll you. get some details later uh, for our audience so that they can go and check you out because it is an amazing Instagram profile and great stuff in terms of what you're doing as well. Thank you so much. So one of the other things that you've done is that you created a YouTube video where you reveal more around your arranged marriage. And obviously we're talking today about finding love in an arranged marriage. And our concept for this season is all around love. So I wondered because I noticed that you'd said that you'd avoided telling on anyone really about it for a couple of years. And and I wondered if you could share a little bit more around where you were with all of that and, and what was happening in those moments for you. Well, I avoided telling anyone because I know that there's a lot of stigma around it. I mean, there was a lot of stigma for me, even though I am very, very, uh, uh, is it entrenched in my roots? And I'm very, very focused on my culture and I have a lot of pride. I'm also still very, very American. And so the individualistic worldview that Americans have versus the very community first worldview has often clashed and created a lot of identity issues for me and a lot of women in my community and part a big part of that has been around marriage and the conversation around marriage and like it's almost been kind of a fear for a lot of us because it often represented I hate to say oppression, but a little bit like it was just like leaving your mother's home and going to, into a home of a man who has very, very like we were raised in the same culture. So we understand exactly how men are raised to view women and what they expect. So I was always very afraid of it. And I also knew that a lot of women in my community did not look at it very well. It was oftentimes I've gone to weddings of arranged marriages that were not happily arranged marriages. So I did not want to have to explain myself. I did not want to have to qualify my my marriage and say like, but this one is different. So I kind of just kept that close to the chest until I felt comfortable sharing. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I would imagine, like you said, it's quite complex in many ways, isn't it? And I suppose... Would you mind sharing a little bit more around your experience of what happened to you and how how it all kind of unfolded in the way that it did? I would love to. So I'll start off by saying typically in arranged marriages, um, in my experience, it's arranged by the parents. It would most likely be an aunt of mine and a fr- an aunt or cousin of his you know what, we think these two people would be a good match. Go to our parents, they talk, and then it becomes a thing. For me, I was set up by my childhood friend. So it's already started off a little unconventional in that sense because she did come to me for like for marriage and say, I think this is a good idea. I talked to his cousin, but she didn't go to my parents. She didn't involve the elders as we call them. So it was more so the ball was in my court if I was interested. At the time I was dating around, I really didn't know what I was doing or where I was going in life. I always knew that I wanted to be married. I always knew that I wanted to fit a family. Although I didn't subscribe to a lot of the cultural expectations that are placed upon me. Um, there are things that I I I grew I'm 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 steeped in it. I do want and value family. I do have some of those traditional values, and I knew I wanted to get there. So I just said, okay, I'll meet him. 
it, it, it can't hurt. There's not as much pressure. There are no elders involved. And, but I wasn't fully like open to it as much. I kind of just said, okay. And was just going along with it. But then after our first date, I was like, this is my husband. Like it, I knew on our first date that I wanted to marry him just because of our shared values, the chemistry, um, the way we both saw marriage, the way we both think about life are at, it just made sense for me. I was still very afraid, but it made a lot of sense for me. Yeah, but actually that sounds so good in terms of that natural fit and that kind of, in a sense, it was maybe, I dare say, meant to be, you know. But obviously from your experience, and as you said, you've seen friends who've got married through arranged marriages before and it's not necessarily the same. So can you tell me a little bit more around the importance of forced versus set up so that our listeners can understand that a little bit more? For sure. I've always grown up being told that like love is not priority when it comes to marriage. Like that is a nice to have. It's really about like respect and like your children. And it's something that is an expectation of you as a woman because this is what God intended for you. So marriage has never been, it's been romanticized in all the movies I've seen, but I would cry watching those movies because I, a part of me just felt like I will never have that because I have very strict expectations of the kind of man I will be, I can marry, that will be ex- accepted. So a lot of us kind of know that in the back of our minds, even if we're out dating, even if we're doing anything, it's like, I will eventually end up with a Gambian man from this specific tribe, and these are the expectations. So I have seen women who have just gone through with it be, to keep their families happy, not because they want to, and especially because we've been like raised with that rhetoric that love isn't about. Marriage isn't about love. That's a nice to have if you're lucky. I hope that that answered your question. I feel like I went off on a tangent. No, that's it, it did perfectly. <laughs> and I think it's really interesting. So in a sense, the elders as you've described would most probably, let's get me that's right, from a more kind of traditional sense of arranged marriage, would be choosing the husband for you based upon the tribe and the location and making sure it meets with your kind of cultural family and ancestral background is that right exactly and making sure like they vet the family does the he come from a good family do we trust them because there is an element of it where it's we are placing our daughter in your care so do we trust your family do do we think he's been raised right okay then this is a good fit so it's not really about like do you are you and him like compatible or like the same things it's like are you both from the, the the types of families that will make sure that this is a good marriage? And I will say, not to go off on another tangent, please stop me because I do that a lot. It's okay, but, go um, I will say that when I got into like my first real conflict, I really started to understand like why marrying into the right family is important because they definitely do play a role in in mending issues and like keeping your marriage intact and like guiding you so there that's really more of the focus as opposed to like being set up it really was just about him and i meeting and deciding if we were compatible and if we wanted the same things and if we wanted to take it to our parents and and move forward which actually you know what 
it is often set up with friends of friends, isn't it? And things like that. So that's kind of feels like a more natural way that I would be familiar with in terms of kind of meeting and maybe dating and things like that, where a friend would say, hey, I've got this friend, you might like him and, you know, and that kind of thing. So it feels that's kind of more a less traditional sense of, of, of arranging, as you've said, a marriage and it's more set up, which I think is a very different thing. It's interesting. You mentioned that you dated before. Were you still dating the same kind of guy from the same culture and, um, and, and Muslim background or was it quite varied in your experience? Um, I, well, I didn't really date a lot, but when I did date, they were mostly Muslim men because it was always the thought that it, I have to think about marriage. Like marriage has always been a, a, a part of my life. I think ever like everything growing up is like, if you don't do this, how what are you going to do when you get married? Like everything. So... When I, I'm like starting from like 12, it's always been like everything you're doing is to become a good wife. So I've all even in dating and myself and a lot of my friends have made dating choices with that in mind. Like I'm not going to just date for any reason. Have I wasted my time on men who like there's absolutely no future? Yes, because we all do that at one point. We all do. I was going to say that's normal. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like there's like I could never you could never beat my parents. This would never go anywhere. We're from completely different backgrounds. But like. You're funny. You know, I've done that. But for the most part, I've only like even entertained conversation with men who are at the very least Muslim. And so obviously this is, like you said, it's been kind of a big thing for a female growing up in a Muslim family around, you know, approaching that kind of marriage. And I'm curious around, it sounds like it's an important factor from, like you said, being 12 years old. So I'm curious around that, the pressure that may be your family, your parents, your grandparents and so forth, start talking to you about marriage and how that is instilled in your kind of upbringing from that, especially from a a young teenage perspective. Does that have an impact on you or is it just natural and it's just the normal way of doing things and you just accept it and you get used to it? It definitely had an impact on me. I was always a sensitive child. I'm a sensitive woman. I read a lot of books. I watched a lot of television. So the reality of what was happening in my home versus what America said is normal was always very clear to me. So that caused a lot of inner turmoil for me when it came to dealing with these situations because I started having conversations about who I can marry or who, like men expressing interest in marrying me since I was 14. And when I say men, that doesn't mean they were all like significantly older because sometimes the parents like to arrange it while both are young and they like the idea of like growing up together or well, we're just locking this in so that in the future they can both get, both get married. So he'll be like 16 and I'm 14 and like we, I have to deal with these awkward visits. It was never like yeah, just awkward visits of like we have to I have to come outside and sit in the living room and sit there quietly. And he's sitting there. We're not supposed to really like interact. Our parents are talking to each other and it's very like transactional. So that definitely affected me because I was like, I'm 14. I don't even like like boys right now. Like I'm still trying to figure out that. But I'm really just I don't have crushes like I don't know how to deal with that. But I'm also now dealing with conversations about will you marry him? Like, do you like him? And I would always like say, I don't know him. That's not that's not what we're asking. Do you like him? And I wouldn't I never knew how to answer that question. I don't know him to like him. And 
they really don't believe in like dating to get to know someone. You kind of just like decide, I don't know, from meeting them, I guess it's like that first meeting. So that definitely was hard for me over over the years. And a lot of the uh, girls and women in my community, we've talked about how it's difficult because it's just so, I don't know, it really makes you confront the culture in a different way than you normally have to do. Because now this is like, I have to pick a life partner right now. And I'm like 16. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just and trying it's to. It's quite hard, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah it was hard. hard. Yeah. And in a sense, I would imagine as well, you're still figuring out who you are and right. what you want as well in your life as well, which is quite difficult for any 16 year old at that age. For at, sure. You know, that age. I think it's hard for like our parents to understand because of the world that they come from. At 16, most of them were already married. It's normal. At 18, they're married. It's normal. And they are just, there's no teenager. The teenager is not, is a Western idea. So for them, it's like you're a child and then you're a woman. And so they don't know, they don't have a good understanding of that time frame for them to say like, well, you need to figure yourself out. They're like, figure that out when you're married. So that yeah. was really, really hard. I can imagine. I'm curious around, you know, when you said like you'd watch the movies and you'd have a cry every now and again because maybe that wasn't possible for you. Did you, though, have a bit of a wish list? You know, because I remember as a girl, as a teenage girl thinking, I want to go out with somebody who's tall, maybe who's cheesy, dark, handsome, you know, these kind of things. I want to be attracted to them. I want them to be kind. And, you know, like you do, you fantasize around what you might like. And I wondered if you'd done any of that before you met, obviously, your now husband. Of course. Well, first I was, yeah, I watched a lot of movies. So I was like, I was in love with Leonardo DiCaprio for a while. And then I switched. (laughs) Right. I was like, that's, you know, when he was like in the Titanic era, that's when I was in love with him. And I was like, that's who I want to be with. And then as I get older, I'm starting to get clear about what I like. And yeah, I definitely had my checklist. I want them to be taller than me. I'm five, four. So I didn't need you to be like a giant, but just just I want to wear heels and not and feel small and dainty, I guess. Sense of humor nice smile, ability to hold a good conversation, intelligent, emotionally intelligent. Like those were the things that I definitely wanted. And someone who like wants family and children. And you mentioned that shared values when you met your husband at the time, not your husband then, but your future husband. So tell me about that when you kind of met your future husband and you kind of chatted, you got to know each other. Can you remember what that felt like for you? It felt easy. And that was like the most interesting thing because I've been, as I got older, so many of these random arranged marriage dates where I'm going on a date with my mom's childhood best friend's nephew or something. And I'm just like, I hate this. This is so awkward. So it was really, it just felt so easy and comfortable. It's like I met him and it's like I already knew him and He had a good sense of humor and the conversation flowed easily and he's very straight to the point. So we talked about a lot of important things right away. And so I got a really clear sense of what was important to him. And it made me feel comfortable to ask him the right question, the important questions right away. It was just very easy. And so when you met him, then how long was it before then you got married? Um, a little under a year. And that was not easy because they like the community really likes it to be. You've met in January and by March you're married. They don't like leaving space for anything to go wrong. So that was really like a fight for us to give each other to take that time. 
but we really were wanted to be more sure. How did you then convince your parents about that? Because it would imagine, like you said, the community is wanting you to, to get married quicker they rather were, than not. Yeah, I didn't really convince them. They were really upset. My mom was upset all the time. There was a lot of arguing and yelling. What's going on? Is this not... A, they equate a man not moving quickly on this as like he is not serious about marriage. Right, okay. So they were mm-hmm. like, we're not going to do this. Like... It's like a family, like respect, like he's not respecting us or taking us seriously because he's moving so slowly. Um, but we kind of just, there's a lot of steps, cultural steps, visits, people you have to see, like that, like a lot of things that you have to do before he can officially like ask for my hand in marriage. So he just took a really long time doing all those steps. And that's the and only did that work. For, it did work. Did that work for you? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it did work. That was right. He just took like way too long to do each of the steps. And so he would like, <laughs> I have work. I have this next week, two weeks from now. And that's yeah. kind of how mm-hmm. we bought some time to like still continue to talk and ask each other more questions and get to know each other and go yeah. on dates. Yeah. And that's interesting. So how does that work in terms of going on dates? Do you have to have people with you or can you go You're out on dates on your own? to. I did yeah. not. You're supposed to have a <laughs> chaperone. I have, and a yeah. chaperone could be even, not even like a chaperone. You, it could even be like a friend. So like I've been like the chaperone or like the sidekick on a date with a friend who was in an arranged date situation. You're not supposed to go alone, but I just was like, I'm 25. I'm not going on a date with another person there. So we just didn't do that. We didn't follow all the rules. So how long have you been married now? It'll be four years in July. Congratulations. Thank you. And so how has that journey been for you then? And I suppose in that early dating phase, that, that kind of six, 12 months that it led then before you got married, I'm curious around whether you fell in love in that period of time or whether you fell in love during your four years of marriage? I would say I fell in love during my years of marriage. Yes. I'd say in that dating stage, we weren't really together all the time. He lived in another state. So that was also a part of it. So most of our relationship was on the phone, like just getting to know each other and building an emotional connection. Um, But I'd, I'd say I married him and I thought, this could go really well, but it, it also could not work out. And I just need to prepare myself emotionally for both both ways that this could go. And all my friends didn't like that. I think they wanted to just like, you know, because a lot of my friends are American. So they wanted to like believe that I was going into like a fantasy, like romance type of situation. And I really married with my mind, with my head. And I really thought about my life goals and what I wanted and the type of partner and what was important to me. And then I cared for him deeply. I respected him. But I would say like in love was in the marriage because our first year and a half, we were kind of like boyfriend and girlfriend, like live in boyfriend and girlfriend. I didn't really feel married. It was because we didn't have the time to do that. So we were doing that while we were married. We were dating while we were married, I guess. It was nice. It was fun. Yeah, I was going to say, and did that feel more natural then and more? Yeah, we had a lot of fun. And I was kind of wondering around once you entered the marriage and obviously said that you had some fun, you were dating and and like you said, you'd not been able to do that before. But did you have to change any aspects of yourself to fit in with the expectations maybe from your new husband or his family, your family? 
Yes and no. I didn't have to change too much, which is what a lot of my Gambian friends are in awe of, that I can really still be myself and still be married. A lot of them are surprised by that and want that for themselves. But there are still expectations of being a wife that he was raised with, that he expected me to be like subscribe to because I was also raised with them. Um, so there, we definitely had difficulty finding a balance, but I think we made it through, especially with the pandemic and being stuck at home together. We really had to, you know, mm-hmm. get to a place of understanding over these last two years. Um, what do you think that you've learned from that experience about yourself? And then about relationship. I guess I think I I made I've made a good choice. Like I I can, I make good choices. Like I really like my love is a choice. This marriage is a choice, and choice is such a big deal in the world that I'm from because I I grow I grew up feeling like that I didn't have a choice about what I wear, where I went, who I could even like be friends with, what I'm supposed to say. So. The, there was freedom in this that I didn't, I, that I, I learned that I could have. And that, and, and even in the marriage, the freedom I have found, I didn't, I didn't know I could experience it. And I didn't know I could make that happen for myself. And that I, and like, I think that mindset of like, I want this to work out and I'm going to, I'm going into this with good faith, but I also have the knowledge in the back of my mind that if this doesn't work out, I tried my best and I will still be okay. Even in that, there was so much freedom I didn't realize I was giving to myself. Um, And Mm. so that was a really big deal for me. And that feels quite an important piece of learning, doesn't it? Giving me that, I suppose, that comfort of knowing either way you'd be okay. But actually, I suppose either way, there is still an aspect of choice. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. And what did you learn about then? Because obviously, we've all had that problem of being in pandemic and literally tied at the hip to your other half and and where we might have had you know we would have gone to work and done other things but when you're constantly with each other so we've all had to learn things and I'm curious around what have you learned about your relationship in terms of how to build that relationship and maybe deepen your relationship I really really like him as a person like we both work remotely permanently now um and so we're together all day and it's okay I have moments where I want space, but generally it's really comfortable. I also learned to communicate my needs and not feel bad about what I need and to advocate for myself in my relationship and not back down. Because I think in the beginning, I was so focused on this has to work. Like I will be okay, but I don't want to fail either. You know, I didn't want to fail. And we we both feel very strongly about not wanting a failed marriage. But I think in the very beginning, there were moments where I would let him have his way because I don't want to be difficult. I don't want to push him away because then I failed, you know? So like in my mind, doing my best was making sure like I wasn't the problem so that it doesn't fail. Um, so I think during the pandemic, I got, I felt more settled in our relationship where I can voice exactly what I, what I, what I need. I, I would imagine that's just a good lesson for everybody, isn't it really? That actually to advocate for your own needs and your own 
wants within a relationship, I think is really important. And sometimes we don't often do that. But I can hear from, as you've said, that really it feels like this relationship is kind of like a journey, isn't it, in many ways? And yes, you it's not maybe the Western way of doing things in terms of what we're used to, but actually it still has the opportunity for you to find your way and get comfortable in it and find your own voice in it as an equal partnership. For sure. I do feel like I'm in a partnership to feel respected and valued and cared for and loved and that's what I wanted so yeah and I just continue to express if I ever don't feel that and or if there's something I don't like and I think it's just part like as I'm getting older and I'm being more clear about who I am and what I need I can communicate that and I also a part of me really does feel that love is a choice And so like I choose to love him as he evolves as a man and he's choosing to love me as I evolve because we are not the same people who were set up on that day Mm. that we are now. And if you don't mind me saying, it feels like it's a very kind of, I'm going to, and I don't mean this in a rude way because I think it's just great for all of us. It's like um, that piece of acceptance and allowing you to evolve feels like a very grown up relationship in many ways. For sure. Um, You know what I mean? Because even, you know, when I think about marriages of clients I know and my own earlier marriage, you know, you kind of sometimes don't even come from it from that perspective. And I think it's just a really interesting perspective. Yeah. So it feels that you're, you're learning about each other as you're evolving, as you've just described. So how do you feel about that sense of learning more about your husband because you didn't date for years and years and end so you know this is still new and it's still evolving so how do you feel about that sense of continuing to learn about your husband I enjoy it I think the more I really care about understanding people I always want to understand why anyone makes a choice so the more I understand him the more I love him the more I have empathy compassion for him so he is not the most like talkative and express. Well, he wasn't the most expressive. He's definitely gotten better with that. But the more I understand the layers and the, the his emotions and the things, the way he thinks, the more I love him. And beyond that, something that is always stressed to us is the word in my language is called hine, hine, which is compassion. Even if you don't have love in that moment for the person, you should always be compassionate. You should always like feel for them when they're going through something, when they're upset, when whatever. So like the more I know him, the the, the more that kind of swells. And I think the same for him. At Mm -hmm. least that's how Mm -hmm. he makes me feel. So. And in terms of now, as you said, you've kind of started sharing more more of your needs and you're advocating more for what you want and so forth in your relationship. How else have you changed as you've grown over these last four years? How have I changed? I've always wanted acceptance. And like one of the things I love about him is how much he accepts me for who I am. But I think part of my desire and or need to feel so much acceptance is because of how much I did not accept. Because there's a like, yeah, so... I've changed because I'm because I own and accept more of who I am. I am okay to say this is what I need and like this is what I want and there's nothing wrong with it. So that's like the biggest change. It's not like he wasn't meeting any of my needs. It's more like there were things I desired that I just would never speak on because I think I'm 
that's clingy or that's needy or that's too much. But I'm like, but that's who I am and that's what I want and that's what I need. And like, that's okay. I think that's the biggest change. I don't feel guilty or, or annoying for it anymore. Yeah. And it's interesting because I've spoken to lots of of my clients who I I help and, and actually even thinking about my own relationship with my husband, that I think there is some great learning in that, that I don't know, as, as I'm speaking from a woman's perspective, and I'm, maybe it's the same for men too, but for women, I think if you do accept, you learn to accept you and you embrace you so that you, you kind of get to know yourself at a deeper level, you get to know more about what you want. And it's not about that, like you said, somebody else is not meeting your needs. It's just that you are finding your way with you and you're just discovering more about you as a woman. Then I think the more self-assured you feel and the more maybe confident you feel, and then that sense of being able to express yourself more comes through and, and you find your own voice within. It feels like this is part of the journey that you've just described that you're, you're having and are yep. still on maybe. Yeah, I totally agree. That's exactly it. So in terms of then thinking around, you know, because in terms of your culture, obviously you've had, like you said, you've had friends and your community that perhaps haven't had the same experience for you. What happens in those circumstances? Because you said that you went into this with two friends, you know, you had, these, you, you had your, I really want this to work, but actually I know if it doesn't, then I've done my best. What happens when it doesn't work? A lot of things have changed because from when I was younger. So first of all, like a lot of what I've described, I do want to say is not currently what happens in our community because like we find, we've been in America a lot longer now and like, things have changed because I am like the very first, like I'm of the very first set of children raised in America. So like my younger sisters and cousins are not having conversations about marriage and they're like 18 and 19. So when I growing up, like getting divorced was incredibly difficult, a really big shame, really hard to do. Not so much anymore. Women of all ages get divorced. Some women get married for one year in these arranged situations and then they get divorced and they go back home. Um, so it's not like what it once was. And the divorce rate has definitely been going up. I think a lot of the girls who are more traditional or more accepting of what their parents want, try it and it doesn't work. And then they get divorced. And then there are very few, there are people who stay, but from what I've been seeing, especially in the last few years, just a lot of like one or two year marriages. Yeah, kind of shorter periods of time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because I have a couple, I have quite a few kind of Muslim female clients and who have also experienced divorce as well. And and I think they've, you've just described exactly what they've gone through as well. And I suppose it's quite challenging because I'm divorced. I was nearly enough 10 years married and divorced. And actually, that's not a pleasant experience for anybody. And the worst thing is, regardless of whether it's arranged or not, you still feel like a failure. It's just yeah. not good to feel like that. Yeah. Really interesting conversation. So I've got a couple more questions, if it's okay with you. Yeah. Um, I don't know how familiar you are, but certainly here in the UK, and I've seen it when I've been in the US as well, that there's these TV shows kind of erupting, you know, love at first sight, you know, where couples meet. Love um, that show. The first, <laughs> you know, where couples meet one another for a really short period of time and then they make their decision, you know, will we or will we not marry each other by the end of the television show? And I suppose in a way, this kind of, it's not like an arranged marriage, but it's kind of a 
There's a range marriage. Yeah, it's a similar. Yeah, yeah. I'm very <laughs> kind of a setup, you yeah, know, in yeah, a way. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of wondering, what are your thoughts on these types of shows, and and how do you think they, from your perspective? I have so many thoughts on these shows. I think that it just shows how. I hate to be the person that says the media, but like how the media has warped, I think, our understanding of what marriage is. And I think it's made, I think a lot of people have way too many expectations of what a marriage is supposed to give you. And I think that's why those marriages don't work, in my opinion. I think a lot of them, they're just expecting a lot out of one person. And I think that's why so many people nowadays are so easily dissatisfied, easily just like people are kind of easily discarded. Like I'm just, and I think even when they're arranged it's because they want to lock themselves into something that's more binding, but they can't because they also easily like they, especially a lot of the people like the last season I watched, a few of them like were really heavy onto Tinder. And like, I'm like, what does that do to your psyche? Like everyone's a swipe yes or no. So that woman is walking down the aisle towards you. You've already swiped yes or no. You swipe yes or no to people you see all day. So how do you then stand firm in, in a marriage and build a life with someone when everyone is like so disposable to you? I think the show is so interesting because the reasons why they can't work are often not because of like serious, in my opinion, like fundamental differences. It's usually just like, I'm like, I don't think he's cute or she's just like, he's not tall enough. And I feel like so many women miss out on like great, meaningful relationships because the man isn't tall enough, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but it is interesting, isn't it? Because what I've noticed when I watch those shows is that there is also something that there is this difference because the experience that you've had and maybe what other people go through through a tradition more traditional arranged marriage is that steeped in culture and I think what these tv shows this is my perspective on it um, and I think it's very interesting but I do think sometimes what these tv shows do is they're going for this the perfect match or are being very choosy around somebody not being tall enough or somebody not having the right color eyes or whatever that might be. Maybe I'm trivializing it, but I think it's just an interesting concept. And I and I just wonder from a popularity perspective and from a media perspective, how useful that is just in terms of the whole concept of a set up marriage or an arranged marriage. I mean, I think it doesn't make it look good at all, especially because most of the marriages from all the seasons have not made it through. I think they have like five. There are people who were able to do it, but if you look at all those couples, most of them are like very religious. So I think that ended up like, I think one of, yeah, most of them are more on the religious, more on the conservative side. So what's bonding their relationship is also like the desire for family, like the family values. The family values, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. as opposed to just like, you need to be everything I need in one person and because you're not, I can't do this because I can't be stuck with someone who isn't everything I need, you know? I think yeah. that's yeah. that's the difference. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I just thought it was just an interesting, because it just kind of yeah. took my, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of taken my interest as I've watched, uh, <laughs> you know, on and off over the yeah. seasons. So so just kind of just go back then to just, you, you mentioned before around maybe arranged marriages being, obviously this this change such as people can now get out of their arranged marriage, not everybody, but some can, and they could opt for divorce and everything. But is there any other notions around arranged marriages that are, 
are changing in our kind of in this decade and 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 what do you see maybe happening for the future i think shows like married at first sight kind of might open more people up even though it didn't work for everyone i think it might open more people up to like let me just try it might work for me so i think it just brings new ideas to the audience that watches but i also do see a world where arranged marriages will be more popular and maybe it'll be a really long time from now but i just all i see on the internet is people complaining about being single not finding a mate not being happy, wanting to get married, women freezing eggs, worried about like not having children. So I do see space where people might get to a point where they're just like, set me up. I just need to get to that phase of my life. It's important to me. Set me up with someone and I will do my best to make it work. I do see that being a thing just because like, I mean, for me, part of the reason why I went through it is because I think if I was not in this arranged marriage, I would really be on these apps. I would be out here dating around, trying to find someone that checks all the boxes, as opposed to finding a good man, being with a good man who shares my values that I can build my life with, you know? So I can see a, I can see a space for women who are specifically women who are just like, set me up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I don't want to go on apps. I don't want to go to the bar. I, I just set me up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's interesting because I was, I've been speaking to a um, somebody who kind of is a dating expert for somebody in, in who's being obviously had a conversation for this particular season as well, and and she was saying the set, not exactly the same, but was saying that you know women, especially when they've they've you know, they've had enough, they're fed up with the dating kind of experience because they're not getting what they wanted. But also some of them are kind of in in not actually very pleasant relationships just for the sake of being with somebody. And and it feels that maybe from a, you know, maybe we will be more culturally accepting of this practice as, as we move forward, because actually there might be a better need for people to, yeah, have help in terms of setting, right. setting them up with people. Yeah. I do want to say quickly, so what made this like the arranged because it's like we were both at the table talking about marriage on our first date. So I think that would be the difference. It's like being set up with a man who, you know, is here to figure out if he also wants to get married to you. Not that he doesn't know if he wants to get married. He's not sure. He's scared. Like all that nonsense. It's like being set up with someone who, you know, is here dating with intention to determine whether or not you will also be his spouse. I, there's something freeing in that because then you can just get straight to the chase. I don't have to like not text you back too quickly or not show too much interest. It's like I'm here to decide if I'm going to make you my life partner. So let's get to the point. And I think with everything being so quick and everything like everything else in our life is very efficient and very quick. So why does this have to be the long, slow, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I I totally hear what you're saying. It's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. So (laughs) you've learned a lot so far on this journey. So I've just got a couple more questions. So first thing is, is out of everything from your whole experience in this kind of finding love um, in your arranged marriage, what have you learned so far on this journey? Like about myself or my relationship or? You could maybe both, whatever works for you. Love is a choice. Like, it's a decision every day. Like, I really 
it's a dis- just like all your other life decisions that greatly impact your life. Choosing to love someone as they evolve, choosing to love when you're not, I don't know, in a happy moment with the person. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I didn't believe it. I thought they were all just old fashioned and backward and super traditional, but it worked. So I that's the biggest thing that I've learned. Amazing. What would you say to women who know they're going to go into an arranged marriage in the future? Any parting wisdom, any advice that you could give them? I would say, I mean, obviously do your best to have a fulfilling marriage. And that means like for yourself, like what do you need communicated? Don't expect him to know or figure it out or guess. Like do your best to communicate what you need, what you want, and to make the relationship what you want it to be. If you've done your absolute best and you absolutely cannot, then it's like it's also okay to do what's best for you. I'm very much very, very pro do what is best for you. So if if if, if building a family and fulfilling those like expectations makes you feel happy and fulfilled as a person, then do that. Just do just do your best. If you if you go through with it, if you've taken the step, just do your best. It's really good advice, actually, because I think that is is something that I think is something that you've said all along, actually, is that you're going to give this your best shot and you're going to do your best. And I think that's kind of resonates as well. Just in Yeah, I ask my now. yeah, I always ask myself when I'm even critical of him or not happy with something he hasn't done. It's like, well, do I do that or do like am I doing my best? And that's definitely helped not it's more for me it's not about arguing with him it's like it's helped me regulate my emotions and not you know get caught up in something i saw on instagram like he didn't get me tons of roses or you know things like that it just helps me that makes perfect sense thank you so listen where can people find you so i know we mentioned instagram right at the very beginning so would you mind just sharing where people can get hold of you if they want to find out more about you and what you do of course mimi m-i-m-i underscore moments So Mimi underscore moments is my most active platform. You can also type in Mimi moments on YouTube. And then on TikTok, I am Mimi moments underscore. Awesome. Yes. That's amazing, Mimi. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed having that conversation. It's been really insightful. Yeah. And it's been great for you to thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It's been a real honor. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. for tuning in. I'd love to take a moment and tell you about our wellness retreats that will be happening in May 2022 in Mallorca, Spain. My team and I have created four immersive retreats that allows you to take a step back from all the stresses and strains of your daily life in order to focus on your physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. From coaching mastery, mindfulness and meditation, conscious living and so much more we offer a nurturing and truly experiential life enriching environment where you'll reconnect rediscover and reaffirm who you are and what you want in your life if you're interested in learning more head to the fullcircleglobal.com website and click the retreats tab in the meantime stay well invite joy and curiosity into your life See you soon.